News. Talk. Passion. The Rick Peterson Show. Hear Rick live. Weekdays, noon to 1 on CJAD 800. OMG. I'm sorry I'm being secular. It's uh, it's one of those days where it's a, it's a discussion that we have to have, a discussion that we're going to have, and yet at the end of the day, you may not feel so good about this place. And yet it is our place, and it's uh, at times like this that you want to get it all out there and uh, we stand up for what we believe in. The Quebec Charter of Values uh, is uh, is out now. It's in black and white. There's even pictograms. Some of those are offensive. Uh, but we're going to we're going to open with a discussion about this. I welcome your opinions at 514-800 via text, 514-800, or 514-7900-991 on the phone, star 8255 on cell. Joining me on the free-for-all is Tommy Sturmacher of the Tommy Sturmacher Show. He's in studio here. And Dan Delmar, Managing Partner, Provocateur Communications, and of CJAD, joins me as well. Dan, are you there on the phone? Hey, Rick. All right. First question. Is the Quebec Charter of Values reasonable? I'll start with you this time on the phone, uh, Mr. Delmar. (laughs) Well, I think we know the answer to that. Um, I am just as appalled as I thought I was, and maybe even more so, because when you hear uh, Dreville's tone during his press conference, um, it, it got pretty scary. He, he seems very concerned that one day we could have a premier of Quebec who wears a face veil. This is a, this is a realistic scenario for him. And so this, 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 uh, this, this set of laws is a response to that, to that scenario and to others uh, that would see religious minorities taking over Quebec life and imposing their values on everyone else. It's very, very, very scary. And the, the scariest part, I think, was this pictogram, uh, this diagram, which is up on, on the website at cjd.com, and it shows what, what attire is acceptable in public institutions and what is, what is not. And if someone were to walk into a university or a school or a hospital and see that pictogram, they would assume that we're living in a very racist society. And if this passes, I would say that, well, you know, I think we're, we might be marching towards that, uh, that, that stigma of, of racism. And uh, it, it's really, it's, it's not a good day in Quebec history. It's very scary. And, uh, and if, the, if the CAQ has any balls whatsoever, uh, they will make sure this does not become law. The uh, reaction we're going to get to before the hour is out as we continue to gather that in Quebec City, politically speaking. Uh, also want to point out that the texter has told me the world is watching. CBS News are covering this. Other world news organizations are covering it as well today, as you would expect. Tommy, is it reasonable? Well, of course, it's it's not reasonable. It's ridiculous, actually. I'm I'm a little less appalled than, than Dan is, and I'm convinced that ridicule might yet save the day. That pictogram it, it didn't just go to offensive; it went beyond offensive, and it demonstrated the total stunning, breathtaking ignorance about religion uh, of any kind inside the Quebec government. A Star of David ring, the first Star of David ring I've ever seen in my life is the one in that pictogram. So it's it's just like such a ridiculous uh, absurdity. And the other one is an earring. They see this as jewelry. They think this is as simple as, you know, like, what's the big deal? All we're asking you is not to wear certain kinds of jewelry. There's a picture of a small crucifix, a small cross, and then a slightly larger one. The slightly larger and more detailed one, that's a no-no. The smaller one, that's okay. So in other words, if somebody's grandmother left them this beautiful cross that they like to wear, that's no because it's too big. And they have no, they said this is all about clarity. They have no answers. Not one of the answers makes any sense. It has nothing to do with unity. If they ask, what if somebody 
is wearing a hijab right now and they refuse to take it off. He doesn't have the answer to that because what's the answer? If, if it's up to them to decide, well, they'll decide they're going to keep it on. Are you going to fire them? So, so it, it is going to make international news. The upside and the downside, Quebec gains nothing out of this and it loses a lot and it just shows the breathtaking incompetence of this government. All right, is that is this is there a part of this that's any easier to take and that being that if you're going to receive or give a public service that your face be exposed. Dan. Uh well, the thing about the face being exposed when it comes to burqas and niqabs, I uh, I actually am for a public ban on those garments because uh they're more cultural symbols than religious. Um, but none of the other religious artifacts that they're outlining, whether it's uh, a hijab uh, or a kippa uh, or, or a turban, they don't really interfere. They don't hide your face. They don't interfere with anything. And even the pictogram, by the way, of the, um, the hijab uh, portray- portrays a woman wearing a hijab in a way that, that's uh, exaggerated, that covers more of the face than, than usually Muslim women cover. So uh, as Tommy pointed out, this is a sign that they really uh, don't know what they're talking about. And, and the thing that makes this, uh, this thing perhaps racist is that uh, there's, only, there's only one religion, major religion really, that doesn't have um, an element of its society that wears ostensible um, you know, uh, sensible symbols, and that's Christianity, right? So, so it's an attack um, on religious minorities by by default. It, it is the face covering or uncovering of the face for public services, Tommy. Is that is that something that that any? I mean, the liberals even tried to introduce a bill saying well, that. Well, this has to do with can you do your work properly? If you if people can't see you, that it's tougher to communicate with you. So yes, you should have a right to see the person you're talking to in in any transaction you have with the government. What they're wearing on their head. The question should be: Does this allow them to do their work or not? If it does, then it's ir- irrelevant. They said there was a crisis about this. There's no crisis. No. There was no crisis on this issue whatsoever. There were women in hijabs teaching kids, and there was not. There hasn't been any problem anywhere about it. They created the crisis to mask the real crisis, which is the economy. That is a genuine crisis, and we know that it's here with the level of debt. This this is a manufactured one, and I think I'm hopeful, optimistic that it may backfire on them because there are many francophones who are absolutely embarrassed by this. This is something they're not they're not interested in. And if I were running Quebec Solidaire today, I'd be in a good mood. My prediction is they're going to come out uh, completely against this. Really? Well, we'll wait for that uh, to uh, happen this afternoon. Again, we'll gather some reaction out of Quebec City with our Quebec Bureau Chief in just in just a moment. Does religious neutrality guarantee equality, Dan? Uh, well, religious neutrality when it comes to the state? No, of course not. The, the state, there's this weird perception that the state can sort of magically wave a wand and uh, and take off people's religious uh, religious costume, their their dress and whatever, and they're just going to magically change their mindset. Uh, you know, just like Benel Dranville has his quote unquote values, what he perceives to be Quebec values, although I think they're they're his personal intolerant values. Uh, but uh, but just like he has his values, religious people have theirs, and you can't just change them overnight because you want to pass a law or maybe wave a magic wand and decide that you want a different society. It doesn't work that way. If you want to change Quebec society uh, and their their uh, their perception towards religion, it has to be done over the long term with campaigns of persuasion or or perhaps through the education system by teaching uh, people about uh, about secularism or other faiths. You know, those are ways that that's, that's a way to change the population over the long term. You can't just 
wave a magic wand and expect everyone to fall in line. These people are going to continue wearing their symbols. They're just going to be excluded from society. Now, right. I think the PQ knows that, and I think they don't care. I think they want them to be excluded from Quebec society. Now, this, this notion of religious neutrality, it's like just absurd. This whole thing will be debated in a room where there's a big crucifix. Right. So in other that that's so it's not neutral. Now, that is part of patrimony. Why? Because, oh, well, it's been there for a long time. Well, I wear a crucifix because my uh, mother had one or my grandmother had one, someone will say. Well, then, uh, as Professor Weinstock told me, there's nothing to prevent somebody who's, uh, who's Jewish who's saying, you know, I don't believe it for religious reasons, but for cultural reasons. I believe my, you know, grandfather and great uncles, they were keep I'm going to wear that. So I'm wearing it for a cultural reason. So for a cultural reason, it's okay. It's just opened up a Pandora's box that was totally unnecessary. And calling it neutrality with that diagram is preposterous. Right. Just and a last thought on this before we move on to the second part of our free for all discussion. And my God, the texts are flying. Uh Correct me if I'm wrong. We already have laws and rights in the Constitution for all of these things, save for the fact that one religion can be deemed cultural and still be allowed. And is that not what's really behind all of this? Yes, that's what they're saying. Our religion is okay because it's cultural. Your, yours isn't. Yeah. Uh, your, yours isn't. That's not part of our patrimony, even though many of these religious groups have been in Quebec for centuries. By the way, real, real quick fun fact, guys. Uh, the 50 years of legislating happened at the National Assembly before the cross was installed uh, by Duplessis in a reasonable accommodation with the church. So if we could live with it for 50 years, uh, you know, uh, we're talking about 100, 150 years ago. I think we can live with it without it now. All right. Moving ahead, and I'll get caught up on all your texts on this matter with our free-for-all discussion. Dan Delmar, Tommy Schnurmacher here as well, and you. Obama's legacy and Russia offering to pick up the chemical weapons in Syria, whether or not that's a better idea. Child pageants in Quebec, whether or not that's a good idea. And the EI freeze. Is it a ripoff? Okay, I'm only human. I'm, I'm just a human being. I've got uh, like over 100 texts here, and I'm trying to sort through uh, some of them. I'm, I'm afraid I won't get to all of them. Uh, but first texture says, where can I get a ring with a, with a Star of David on it? I want one for every <laughs> finger. So do I today. I'm sure they exist. They're just uh, rare. You don't see them on people's fingers. Well, in fact, somebody texted uh, saying that if you Google images, uh, Star of David ring, you see literally hundreds of uh, different ones. Uh, and then the texture says, so you may not want to emphasize the first time I ever saw one. Well, no, Tommy. Well, is, I, you've I never haven't seen, seen one. one first, and I predict that the hundreds that are you see now on Google will be sold out uh, within the next day or two. Exactly. If this continues, I'm afraid one day they're going to stop treating patients at hospitals who wear religious symbols. What then? Uh, this is just going to snowball into something horrible if people allow it to continue, says a texter. Uh, what if someone has a tattoo of a crucifix uh, that cannot be easily hidden? Do they get fired, Monique? And the whole idea of how they're going to... There'll be no police, they said. No one policing this, that we'll all just figure it out. What does the pictogram with a ring on the hand mean? This is crazier than pasta. OMG, says someone. I think it is going to be as ridiculous as uh, Pastagate after we see more and more of the details covered internationally. You'll see the international perspective on it. Yeah, and the news the world is watching. Uh, let's, in fact, uh, look at something the world is watching very closely today as well. Absolutely, if, in fact, that happened. I don't think that we would have gotten to this point unless we had maintained a credible possibility of a military strike, and I don't think now's the time for us to let up on that. Uh, I want to make sure that that norm against use of chemical weapons is maintained. That's in our national security interest. If we can do that without a military strike, that is overwhelmingly my preference. 
And of course, today we find out as you wake up this morning that Russia has offered to take the chemical chemical weapons. I guess they'll count them now and everything will be accounted for and the world's going to be a more peaceful place. Uh, it is, I think, because America did flex some of its muscle as badly as all of this has been done. First of all, Russia offering to take the chemical weapons. Tommy, is that a better idea? Oh, yes. It's very, very thoughtful of Russia helping out its ally, uh, some a country that's been its ally, what, for decades and decades uh, now. Uh, what this does is it uh, buys time. Uh, they're saying that there's going to be a discussion about this. There's going to be a debate in the Security Council. Russia has the veto. China has the veto. The debate is going to go on for weeks and months. That's enough time for uh, Assad to continue his shopping list because he can't kill his own people without weapons. He knows uh, he needs weapons so he can buy them. He can buy them from from Russia, from China, from Iran, from North Korea. But he needs time. And this measure will give him the time he needs. Dan. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's great that Russia is taking all of these chemical weapons because they have minorities to clamp down on, too. Right. Um, it's uh, listen, it's I think. A peaceful scenario is always best, but at the end of the day, Assad is guilty of genocide. I mean, I think that that's very clear. So, although I'm I'm relieved if if there's not not going to be another conflict, uh, something has to be done about Assad because he might not continue killing his people with gas, but he will continue killing his people with guns. So there's still a problem there, and uh, it, it's very clear to me that the U.S. is trying everything in their power to avoid a conflict. Um, comparing it to Iraq and Afghanistan, two very, very different scenarios. Um, here there's no imminent danger to the U.S., but there is to their, to their own people. So the question is, you know, do we have a responsibility to protect uh, cultures in this, in this world that are victims of genocide? And, and I think that we do. Does this make the president look any better in the way he's been handling it? No, no, I don't think. I think he's been uh, improvising. Uh, no one believes that he really wants wants to do this when he's saber-rattling. They don't believe that. They see him as being very, very weak. The red line uh, comment uh, made no sense. And uh, he can't convince the, his own people. He can't convince the Democrats. He certainly can't convince the, uh, the population of the United States. They did so much to say, well, don't trust Bush, and we don't need these foreign wars. They did such a good job of saying that. That, the American people say, yeah, you're right, we won't. And they don't. Dan? Uh, you know what, it's, it's really hard to tell. I, it's not really my forte, but I have to say that uh, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of, of very irresponsible world governments uh, colluding in, uh, in this whole crisis. And I think the less violence, the better. And hopefully if Assad stops killing his own people, uh, then we can all move on. But that doesn't erase the fact that he has already killed tens of thousands, perhaps even hundreds of thousands of his own people. And what are we going to do about that? Well, new poll out today suggesting 61% of Americans oppose military airstrikes. The president will address the U.S. tonight. We'll carry that tonight on CJAD. Uh, but I don't think we're going to see any military action after all of this uh, playing out today. It seems like they have some sort of solution uh, where politically, at least, uh, somebody's saving face. I'm going to jump to the EI freeze, uh, this three-year freeze the Feds uh, announced uh, yesterday. Uh, Federal Finance Minister Jim Flaherty uh, basically saying that Canadian workers are going to keep getting uh, plucked, as the Canadian Taxpayer Federation have pointed out, like a Thanksgiving turkey. Uh, the program 
according to the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, took in nearly $3 billion more in EI taxes than it paid out in benefits. Uh, this continues for another three years. And, uh, and if the, uh, the two-income uh, Canadian household uh, maximum is like $47,400 a year, and their employers are paying $4,277 in EI in taxes, uh, the families aren't getting a break. They should be. This should have been a reduction, and it's not, and it's a ripoff. Tommy? Well, I don't think it's going to be a reduction. I was surprised that they didn't uh, increase it. I mean, they really, yeah, because I mean, things usually go up; they don't go down. Uh, and uh, the Taxpayers Federation has a lot of excellent ideas. Of, of course, they have a lot of money. Of course, they could uh, give some of it back to the worker. Uh, they're they're not doing it. And what's really tragic is a lot of this, which was supposed to be used for insurance, uh, was used to cover the deficit. This is an insurance plan. It, it should be available for the people who need it. It hasn't been in the past and the government rifled through these funds and stole them if i could use a clear expression yes uh dan uh especially since we're still suffering from uh following the financial crisis uh, i think this is kind of irresponsible i think it's uh not a very smart it's, it's, it's kind of an attack on the system to be honest in a time when uh people are relying on the system the most i think we all agree on that one then and uh i thank you very much dan thank you Thanks, guys. Dan Delmar, Provocateur Communications. He's the managing partner there, and you hear him on CJAD. And Tommy Schnurmacher, back on the Tommy Schnurmacher Show tomorrow morning after the 9 o'clock news. You're listening to the Rick Peterson Podcast. Hear the show live weekdays, noon to 1 on CJAD 800. Says a texture within the next four years or so. Well, I would encourage you not to uh, do that. I, you know what? I have a feeling today, and what I've seen develop uh, in a more optimistic mood over the past little while, is the reaction in the French media and other places to where I get the feeling that this is going to get turned around, uh, that this uh, this piece of legislation, if it gets to the floor, is going to uh, is not going to happen. I don't think the people of the province are going to allow it to happen. Perhaps I'm being overly optimistic. Perhaps I want to be today, but I just, I, you know, especially after the pictograms and the explanations that we've seen today, I cannot see this thing flying. I want to talk, though, about reaction, too, and to our bureau chief in Quebec City, Angelica Montgomery. Uh, she is in Quebec City and uh, was there. Unusual to see uh, Monsieur Dranville using a chart to put together all his policies. Uh, but we didn't get the whole story today, did we, Angelica? No. So this is part of what we've been talking about before, that the Parti Québécois is going to release parts of its plan bit by bit. There were still a lot of questions that weren't really answered at the press conference today. But he was, uh, there, we don't actually have any legislation. And it should be noted that he's now saying there's going to be some kind of consultation. People are invited to go to the website. People are invited to call a hotline to give their input about what they think about the PQ's proposal and that that will be used for legislation. But it should be noted that uh, TVA, one of the main French television stations, has just come out with uh, their exclusive saying that the Parti Québécois plans to use almost $2 million in public money in order to promote this during this consultation period. So uh, $2 million. This is what TVA is reporting, yes. We got this four-point test that organizations should follow today and pictograms included to help them identify problems. 
what's your reaction to that? Well, uh, this four-point test, now, this is what the Parti Québécois is using to say we're going to create some kind of framework for when there are demands for accommodations for anyone, not just the public service, but for any organization. So it's things like you should ask yourself first, you know, is there discrimination that exists because of our current policy? Um, will it impede the rights of others? Is there equality between men and women? Um, there, things that we have all basically talked about before, uh, things like uh, would the, the, an accommodation cost too much, be a burden on the organization, would it impede safety? Now, he's saying if you look at those frameworks, you should be able to make a decision on whether an accommodation can be take place or not. But this is one of these examples where it seems really fuzzy because one reporter asked, okay, when it comes to the turban and the soccer field and looking at your framework, would this mean that you can you wear a turban in the soccer field or not? I mean, based on those the, the, that right. criteria, Rick, what do you think? I can't say. I can't say either. I can't say. And he didn't say either. So um, <laughs> <laughs> you're saying that we're creating a clear framework, but I'm not entirely certain on still certain cases about whether they would right. apply or not. There is an opt-out plan, too. Yes. So the, this has already been reported. Things like municipalities, universities, hospitals, and SAGEPs would be able to opt out for five years, and that would be renewable. But the minister is also saying that this is for transition and that he doesn't want everyone to opt out systematically. He's hoping that there will just be a small number of institutions that will opt out for a temporary time period while they transition into this you know, new phase of banning different uh, uh, religious symbols. So uh, the, it is... Uh, an interesting issue because it brings up this whole question of what do you do in this transition period that questions were asked about you know what happens to the current employees that currently wear religious symbols whether there's an opt-out or not do, do we fire these people what's going to happen to them and the only re response that we got from the minister was that he's hoping that there will be a, that organizations will have will say that they need some transition time and then they can sit down with these employees and come to an understanding. I'm, I'm not sure what understanding he's suggesting would actually be able to come to, uh, uh, but, but he's saying he's, he's expecting there to be minimal problems, which I'm, I, I think that there's still a hanging question of what would happen to employees who don't want to or won't take off their religious symbols. Now, plan reaction to this. I mean, we want to hear from the Liberals, the CAQ. What is the, when will we hear their reaction? No, they're both scheduled to talk uh, within very early this afternoon, the Liberals at 1.30, but more important is the 2.30, the CAC. And it is important for everybody to keep in mind that the Parti Québécois is in a minority government situation. So they're presenting what they want to do. They're not necessarily presenting what they will be able to do. Right. And the CAC has not supported a good amount of this. I mean, the, so far, all that they've supported is uh, banning religious symbols for judges, crown prosecutors, and police officers, and making sure that people have to show their face when they're getting, getting government services. So it, at least for the PQ and a minority situation, a lot of this won't pass. Now, the question is, and I'm sure that this is the, the thing that the PQ is hanging its hat on, is is there enough support within the general public for this larger scale in order to give them a majority government and really introduce this policy? We will see. Yes. Uh, and you will be gathering that reaction in Quebec City. And Angelica, thank you. You're welcome. Angelica Montgomery is CJAD's Quebec City Bureau Chief, and she'll report on that throughout the afternoon here on CJAD. Uh, You're listening to the Rick Peterson Podcast. Hear the show live, weekdays, noon to 1, on CJAD 800. Action to this, now that we've seen it and, and uh, well, what we've seen of it so far. 
Well, what what's disclosed today is pretty much what's been been put out as try balloons, and I think that's nothing new we learned about. There are a couple of more details that we finally have confirmed, which I think would be very disturbing, and I think there should be a special preoccupation for the English-speaking community and institutions in particular is the fact that um, all employees of the public and parapublic sectors, including schools, um, hospitals, and universities, uh, can no longer basically work and wear these religious uh, attire symbols on the job. And that could have disproportionate adverse impact on a lot of um, uh, workers in these institutions that come from religious minorities, such as Jews, Sikhs, and Muslims. And I think there's something that the institutions have to be very, very sort of concerned about hmm. because it raises the whole issue of not only about fundamental freedoms and civil rights, but also with regard to racist issues about the vitality of these institutions in the short and long term. You know, the, the question that keeps coming up, Fo, is, is there a problem here? Is there a problem in this province? Well, look, you know, consent is just like a problem or a political issue. is always manufactured, and I can say that to borrow the term Noam Chomsky, there's very much of a manufactured uh, problem and crisis, especially in the recent months when people are more concerned about jobs and need a stable economy. Uh, but this could be a political ploy, and we've seen also a trend in many parts of Europe where um, right-wing governments and political parties use uh, immigration issues, if we call it uh, hot-button issues such as religion um, and the uh, whole issue of the cultural diversity as a way to gain popularity because there's such a thing as very likely a sentiment that being being invaded by foreigners and the others. Unfortunately, many of these others um, who are practically uh, demonized um, because of the way they look or because of their faith are not immigrants. They are uh, native-born uh, people who um, chose to have uh, to live their faith uh, differently. And now, certainly, uh, where this is where I think the the proposal is most disturbing is that they can affect their jobs uh, because they no longer. If you work at, at Concordia, if you work at Dawson, if you work at Batshaw, and if you happen to wear the kippa or you happen to wear a Sikh turban, this this becomes law. Practically, you have to choose between your faith and the job. Uh, Fo, I'm sure you'll have much more to say in the days ahead, too, and thank you very much for this. Oh, thank you very much. Have a nice day. Fo Namey, Executive Director of the Center for Research Action on Race Relations. You're uh, listening to the Rick Peterson Podcast. Hear the show live, weekdays, noon to 1, on CJAD 800. Coming up to 12.51, and uh, Kevin O'Leary coming up in a moment with his cold, hard truth, and he's, uh, he's all paranoid about the uh, fingerprints in the new iPhone. Uh, Apple making some announcements today on their phones. And uh, that's still ahead. Right now, though, Andre Cantin, meteorologist with Environment Canada, joins me because I've got questions about. I'm not complaining, Andre. <laughs> just trying to figure out why. What's the median temperature supposed to be this time of year? Well, at uh, this time of year, the normal is uh, 20 degrees. <laughs> so uh, we're expecting close to 30 tomorrow. <laughs> 30 and a humidex that's going to make it feel even closer, right? Uh, right. Uh, actually, the temperature over south. Uh, southern Ontario is uh, over 30 degrees in many places, and that very warm air mass will be pushed over southern Quebec uh, from the Ottawa Valley all the way to the eastern township region tomorrow. Uh, and already, probably overnight, the temperature will uh, either stay steady overnight or rise a little bit as uh, the winds will pick up from the southwest. And tomorrow, with the sunshine, we may expect... Uh, 
at least 27 degrees and probably uh, close to 30 degrees in some places over southern Quebec. And then, and then again, the humidex. So someone says, well, what's the big surprise? It's still summer. But do you not find it weird? Is it not weird that it comes in like this for like a 24-hour period or shorter? It's just going to get warm and then it, then it gets cool again. Yes, it will probably remain quite warm uh, overnight from uh, tomorrow evening until Thursday morning. But after that, uh, a cold front will swept through southern Quebec, uh, triggering showers and thunder shower. And uh, so it's a low-pressure system moving over northern uh, part of the province uh, quite rapidly. So that's why it's uh, right. such a, a short uh, uh, warm, warm way. Weird. Is is there precedence for this? Well, if you look at the uh, record temperature for this part, this time of the year, we see that in the past we, the record is all about are all above uh, 30 degrees, close to 32, for example, for Montreal in 2002. So, it did happen in the past at the right. beginning of September. It's not unusual. Okay, so it could have been worse. Andre, thank you very yeah, much. You're welcome. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Andre Cantem, meteorologist with Environment Canada. So Listen to The Rick and Suzanne Show live weekdays 1 to 3 on CJAD 800 and at CJAD.com.